Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit. Bullshit is rampant. Total fucking bullshit. B -b -b bullshit. This makes no fucking sense. It's just bullshit. Fuck. B -b bullshit. This is bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's Monday, the 27th of August, this year of our Lord Tiberius, 2018. <laughs> yeah. My name is Cameron Riley. Hello, Ray Harris. Hello, how are you? I'm good. It's uh, time to do Bullshit Filter, the news. Yes. Uh, episode 15. This is the show where we take news stories from the last week that we think contain a fair amount of bullshit and we try and sniff it out. We get our noses right up there. And we sniff out the bullshit. We suck it up. That's, wow. And then we regurgitate it back out. And right. if that hasn't put you off your breakfast, I don't know what will. That no. visual. Yeah. I think mission accomplished. What story would you like to start with today, Ray? Well, um, not to be too predictable, but I do want to hear about the governmental prime ministership issues, drama going on in Australia. I, I, I tried to keep up with it in the news, but it didn't really make much sense to me. Why is it a big deal? Why can't your country hold on to a prime minister who hasn't been able to serve a full term since 2007? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? <laughs> Australia, Australia, Australia. Is that your national anthem? Because I thought there'd be more words. <laughs> no, that's it. We, we're too drunk to uh, remember any more words than that. We're just Australia, Australia. Oh, you fucking beauty, Australia. You're a beaut. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so for people around the world who haven't been paying attention, and quite frankly, why would you? Because I don't even really right. pay attention much anymore. Uh, last week, the Australian Prime Minister... Right was effectively uh, got his eyes of march uh he was stabbed uh, to death politically wow by his best friends aka his own party <laughs> uh and his uh, name uh his name uh was malcolm turbull okay all right uh used to be a boss of mine going back uh 20 years ago i worked for Is malcolm um for a while is there anybody you haven't worked with for or against? <laughs> well, uh, no, but the, <laughs> the guy effectively who had him killed right. nearly bought TPN, and I did meet him once, so that would be Rupert Murdoch. And I'll, and I'll nice. get into explaining that. But um, All right. <clears throat> yeah, no, Mal uh, Malcolm um, was one of the owners of uh, one of Australia's first ISPs, Aussie Mail, that I worked for in the mid to late 90s before I mm. went to Microsoft. Um, I worked there, and I met Malcolm once or twice when he came down to the office and had a look around. Um, so, uh, what's going on in Australia? Well, um, yeah. So the, this all started this knifing of prime ministers. So, but let, let me let me explain explain it to you so you'll understand. Unlike America, right? We don't vote somebody in as prime minister. You you vote for a president. We don't do that. Right. Here, uh, we we follow sort of uh, the Westminster system. So, when we have a federal election, we vote for our local representatives, our, our local candidates in our district, um, and whoever gets the most mm -hmm. votes, the majority of the votes in that district, becomes the member for that district, that political district. Right. The, the political party that ends up with the most members mm -hmm. voted in becomes government. Ah. And then that party uh, is, is able to choose their own uh, leader. Usually they're going to do that before the election. Right. Well, they always do it before the election. So they know but what's going to be. Right, right. Yeah, this person's the leader. So it's the party that elects the leader of the party 
And the leader of the party that holds government is the Prime Minister. All right. So what happened uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago? Uh, no, 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 well, no, no, not that long ago. Maybe eight years ago, 2010, I think it was, um, is we, we had a prime minister, Kevin Rudd. He'd, he'd been prime minister for about three years. Um, he was the leader of the Australian Labor Party, which is our so-called left uh, party of the two major parties. You have the Labor Party, which are on the left, and the Liberal Party are on the right. Although, yeah. honestly, today, Labor Party is probably centre-right, and the Liberal Party is way out there in the fucking boonies right. Damn. <clears throat> they go backwards and forwards between how how far out they are and how right. moving back towards the centre they are. Um, but uh, the Labor Party is not really a left-leaning party. Like, the Democrats aren't really a left-leaning mm-hmm. party in the United States anymore. They're, they're mostly a centre-right corporatist party. Um, so anyway, Kevin Rudd had been Prime Minister for three years. Now, typically a term is about four years. We have federal elections roughly every four years. Uh, the The timing of the election is totally up to the prime minister of the government of, of the day ah. uh, within a certain window. It has to be sort of around the four-year mark, right? But mm-hmm. he or she can decide when they want to hold that election. Have you um, had a female prime minister? Yeah, uh, so that's what happened at this oh, juncture. So sorry, Kevin, Kevin Rudd in 2010 was knifed by his own party in the middle of his first term as Prime Minister. I hope that's a metaphor. And, <clears throat> uh, yeah, for, yeah, yes, he it wasn't is. Sad. Yes. Okay, because you're Australians, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, anything could happen down here. So, he was um, politically right. knifed. Uh, and, and their party elected a female, Julia Gillard, Mm-hmm. to be the new leader of the Labor Party, which made her effectively the new Prime Minister of Australia. Nice. Um, yeah, no, not so not so nice, actually. Um, so this is his own party. Now, their justification for it at the time was uh, his polls were bad, mm. um, and they thought that going into an election, his polling was bad, he probably would have lost. So in order to avoid losing... The next federal election, they thought, uh, I know, let's let's demonstrate what a capable bunch of uh, fucknuts we are, <laughs> and we will execute our own leader right. just to show what kind of leadership we to can provide to this country. <laughs> we'll we'll knife our own leader in the back and replace him with someone else. Oh. So he so they did that, and um, since that time, eight years ago. Um, that has now happened, I think it's four times since then in the last eight years, an incumbent prime minister oh my God. has been knifed by his or her own party. So Julia Gillard knifed Kevin Rudd. Uh, then she won an election her on her own, and then Kevin Rudd came back and knifed her Kevin, a few years later. Good for him. He 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 knifed her. Then he lost an election mm-hmm. uh, to Tony Abbott. Okay. And then um, Tony Abbott was knifed by Malcolm Turnbull in the middle of uh, his prime ministership. And then last week, Malcolm Turnbull was knifed oh. by his own party and replaced by a guy called Scott Morrison or ScoMo, as people are calling him here. <laughs> Uh, who is a who is a, who's a complete piece of shit uh, politically? He's wow. uh, he's a terrible, terrible guy. But he was um, the, the the guy who started this knifing was a guy called Peter Dutton, who was trying yes. to take the leadership of the Liberal Party. He's even worse uh, than Scott Morrison. So just a whole bunch of douchebags knifing each other. But <clears throat> so interestingly. Uh, 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 yeah, our political system's just a fucking joke here. Um, and according to Kevin Rudd, the guy who where it all started mm-hmm. in 2010, it all comes down to one man. This may not surprise you, but this man is Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> um, today, uh, in fact, Kevin mm-hmm. Rudd has written an article which is running in the papers here today. Not the Murdoch papers, I should no. point out, but the other papers... 
that we talked about we talked the other day last week or the week before about how the Fairfax papers were just bought by Channel 9 so it's one of those papers mm-hmm. that's running this um, where Kevin Rudd basically says yeah uh, there's a whole bunch of things going on but really it all comes down to Rupert Murdoch um, the, he says the number one thing that's causing so much political instability has been Rupert Murdoch the greatest cancer on the Australian <laughs> democracy what if Murdoch is do something be the greatest go ahead Murdoch is not just a news organisation. Murdoch operates as a political party acting in pursuit of clearly defined commercial interests in addition to his far-right ideological worldview. In Britain, Murdoch made Brexit possible because of the position taken by his papers. In the United States, Murdoch's Fox News is the political echo chamber of the far right, which enabled the Tea Party and then the Trump Party to stage a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. In Australia, as in America... Murdoch has campaigned for decades in support of tax cuts for the wealthy, killing action on climate change, and destroying anything approximating multiculturalism. What's unique about Australia is Murdoch owns two-thirds of the country's print media. No other democracy has anything approaching his effective media monopoly. Maybe we should put him in charge. Damn, he's good. Uh, Well, who? Rupert Murdoch? Yeah, yeah. He is in charge. That's the point. He yeah, has been I mean. in charge for a long time. Uh, right. Yeah. Officially, but yeah. Rupert Murdoch is the uh, Cosimo de Medici of Australia. He's behind the scenes, pulling the strings, and can right. get anyone elected or unelected or knifed uh, through the you know the the, the weight of his influence in the media. Um, but it's fascinating to me to see a former prime minister uh, come out and say this very publicly. It's something that many of us have known and have been talking about for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not often you'll hear a member of the political class come out and say this because they know once they say it, that's it. I mean, there's there's no way they're ever going to get invited to one of Rupert's little uh, dinner parties after right. this. <clears throat> but yeah, Kevin Rudd's political career is uh, well and truly fucked. Yeah. So doesn't really matter. Good for him. Um, yeah, good for him. He's a Brisbane boy too. K- crud. Um, also, according to all accounts, a uh, bit of a sociopath, Kevin. Uh, oh God. <laughs> bit of a sociopath. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, when he finally got kicked out of uh, you know the sort of uh, senior levels of federal politics, a lot of his own staffers came out and said, "Yeah, the guy's a psychopath." He's, uh... <laughs> but anyway, can't no. hold that against him. No, In this, not today. No. Anyway, so um, yeah, so that's what's going on, man. Is Rupert Murdoch? Uh, in fact, he, this is an interesting thing from Kevin Rudd's um, article. So how did Malcolm Turnbull alienate Murdoch? What we know is Murdoch visited Australia in the last few weeks. He called his editors in, and then each of his papers turned feral. Murdoch is a climate change denialist. Presumably, Murdoch believed Howard and Abbott, the two former uh, Liberal Prime Ministers on the same side as Turnbull, believed Howard and Abbott that Turnbull on the legislative recognition of carbon reduction targets was going too far. Murdoch wanted a capital C conservative. So one of the things that Turnbull... So the interesting thing about Turnbull is um, going way back... Oh, sorry, go, so Turnbull's story is he was a lawyer originally. Mm-hmm. He was a lawyer uh, for many years for Rupert Murdoch's arch rival, Kerry Packer, ah. uh, who's dead, but... Uh, you know, so Turnbull uh, worked for Packer for many years, and then he ended up uh, becoming a media magnate in his own right. He's he's very very rich. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars in his own right. Malcolm Turnbull. Then he wow. and then he ended up as the he was the CEO of Goldman Sachs in Australia for a long time. So he was a lawyer turned investment banker and media magnate, minor media magnate, nowhere near the level of a Packer or a Murdoch, but he owned some mm-hmm. things. And then he bought um, Aussie Mail or had a, launched Aussie Mail, um, the ISP that I worked for, which he sold, he and his partner sold for like $400 million at the height of the original dot-com boom. Um, so yeah, he's worth a ton of money. Obviously, very, very smart, capable guy. Um, but he he's... Uh, 
climate change believer. Um, uh, uh, 20 years ago, he was the leader of a party that was set up to try and turn Australia into a republic, ditch the Queen, that wasn't successful. Mm. But, uh, you know, good initiative. Um, But he became Prime Minister and all of these things that we know personally he believed in, um, you know, doing something about climate change and uh, getting rid of the Queen, mm-hmm. he kind of threw to the side for political uh, expediency because yeah. the party that he's part of is extreme right and wouldn't let him do any of this sort of stuff. So anyway, a couple of weeks ago, he came up with a new um, energy policy, the National Energy Policy um, and uh, he was uh, trying to legislate carbon reduction targets for the country. Sounds good. And, and uh, well, yes, you would think so. It's only fucking 2018. <laughs> the entire country, we, we're in a drought that's like, I think the longest drought in history. People right. haven't had, farmers haven't had rain for like seven years. Yeah, um, I keep seeing the um, Facebook. Facebook posts from uh, from the farmer down there. Is that Oscar or somebody? Oh, yeah, Oscar Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tragic, terrible stuff going on there. Uh, he and I were chatting yesterday and uh, because we got a bit of rain um, over the last couple of days. I said, did you get any? He goes, yeah, not much. And so we agreed it's Hasa Diga Ibawai um, is the motto for farmers uh, from the Book of Mormon. Fuck you, God. Hasa Diga Ibawai. Um, fuck all the gods. Anyway, um, so that's what that's basically was the 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 final uh, knife in the back for Turnbull was he was trying to implement legislation that would force Australia to do something about carbon reduction, oh. and so that was it. So the extreme right factions of his party, supported by Murdoch, had him stabbed in the back. So nobody from from that party can ever do anything about climate change because it will be directly or indirectly the end of their career. So that's pretty fucking extreme. No one is ever to do anything about this unless you're willing to retire early. Until at least Rupert dies. Okay. And then we'll see what we'll see what happens after Rupert dies. And he's like 112 or something now. But <laughs> unfortunately, I think he, um, you know, he he sold his soul to uh, one of the uh, devils at some point. Right. He's They're never going to die. Yeah, he, yeah, he's been Richards. he's yeah huffing the souls out of kittens for many years, Rupert. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So the other, also according to Kevin Rudd. Now, when Kevin Rudd was prime minister. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he campaigned on leading up to the 2007 election was that he would build a new broadband network for Australia, the National Broadband Network, a.k.a. the NBN. Sounds good. Um, And we were going to have, you know, decent internet in Australia. Again, this is 11 years ago. We were like, fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah, Kevin. Um, get, get, Get us some internets. We've heard those internets is pretty good. So he campaigned on that, um, got elected, and he also campaigned on doing something about climate change and mm-hmm. saying sorry to our indigenous people for the way that we fucked them over for two hundred years. Right. Um, he, he he started to plan out and build the NBN, mm-hmm. and according to this article that he wrote today, um, Murdoch destroyed the NBN made sure that we wouldn't have it. And actually, Malcolm Turnbull was a big part of that. Uh, so it wouldn't challenge the cable network that uh, Rupert owns here, Foxtel. Right. So he basically... Foxtel is sort of has a monopoly on cable television in Australia now. It's a cash cow for Rupert. It, it sort of subsidises the, the loss that his print mastheads make. Newspapers mm-hmm. don't make any money, so... Right. In the US, he funds it until he recently sold the movie division to Disney. But he's been supporting it for years with the movies and Fox News. Uh, in Australia, he supports it with uh, Foxtel, cable TV. Um, uh, and he was worried, according to Rudd, and this makes sense, that if we had high-speed internet, it would make it easier for people to watch Netflix and things like that uh, and, and would cut... Uh, 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 cut back 
the the profitability of his cable network. So he destroyed. So when basically when Malcolm Turnbull and Tony Abbott were in opposition mm-hmm. ten years ago. They campaigned massively with the support of the Murdoch media, saying, oh, the NBM was too expensive, $43 billion. The Labor Party, Kevin Rudd's party, said it was going to cost. They said, oh, that's that's way too expensive. We can do it for half that. That's a joke. Get Elect us. Elect us. We'll deliver it faster and for half the price because nice. Malcolm used to run an ISP and they were like, oh, because Malcolm's really fucking smart to do that. So, so, some, so, so the dummies in this country elected Abbott and Turnbull. Here we are, 2011 years later, NBN still hasn't been deployed. Oh. And uh, the, it's they've already spent upwards of $70 billion now and it's still not deployed. Oh. And when people are getting it deployed, half of them are saying it's slow as fuck. <laughs> so that's what happens when you listen to Rupert. You end up getting ass raped. So anyway, but uh, so that's what's happening in this country. No prime minister can get anything done unless Rupert says they can get it done because... uh, And this new guy, by the way, Scott Morrison, the new prime minister, he's been the treasurer for the last couple of years. Before that, uh, when he was in uh, government, uh, he he was one of the key architects of our asylum seeker detention policy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when... People from war-torn countries jump on boats and try and come to Australia for for, for land of opportunity so they're not going to get killed with machetes in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Quite often, uh, coming from war-torn countries where we have contributed to the war in one way or another, the destruction of their country, they try and come here. Uh, Scott Morrison put into place the policy where we send our Navy out to grab them and then we go throw them in a concentration camp on an island that doesn't belong to Australia, so they don't have any rights under Australian law. Fuck. And uh, there's been all sorts of rape and abuse and violence in these concentra- concentration camps. Then the governments of Scott Morrison uh, passed laws, and Malcolm Turnbull was part and parcel of this, saying that uh, the media is not allowed to talk about what happens oh. in these concentration camps. Any doctors that go there uh, aren't allowed to talk about it. If you come back to Australia, having been a visitor to one of these concentration camps and you talk about what's going on there, boom, you go to jail. If you're a journalist and you talk about it, boom, you go to jail. Uh, (laughs) If if you've worked there and you're a whistleblower and you whistleblow on it, boom, you go to jail. Um, So that's Scott Morrison. He's our new prime minister. It's a fucking disgrace, man. Fucking disgrace. Well, I was going to say, I think you you trumped me, no pun intended, but I was going to say, you know, someone might say Australians, Australia's politics are fucked up, to which America said, here, hold my beer. Um, but that's pretty fucked up. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on in this country. Of course, we we, we, um, we killed um, some ISIS leader, I think today, with a, with a um, drone bomb. But the point is, yeah, I mean, we, we've done some bad shit, but that, that's pretty horrible. I guess those people in those camps aren't allowed to say, you know what? Okay, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to try to get into Australia. Can I go ahead and leave now? I promise not to try to enter Australia. Yeah, no, they don't. And because, and you know, they go, okay, well. You can't trust them? They no. The, these people are like, well, okay. So if they've even heard about the fact that we're throwing into concentration camps, they go, I'll take my chances in a concentration camp ah, versus these these guys important. with machetes yeah. that are coming after me. You know. Yeah, good point. It's a dis- it's a disgrace. I mean, we we have one of the lowest population densities mm-hmm. uh, of any country on the planet. Plus, we we have one of the highest net income net wealth per capita of any country on the planet right um and yet uh we still are going no we can't no, let these many. asylum seekers in yeah even though you know we we're, we're party to the united nations human rights uh, agreements that says yes we will have processes in place to rapidly and effectively assess claims of asylum well they were assessed um, and they're not allowed in no, we don't even let them in before we assess them, and then we take years and years. And the thing is, according to everything I've ever read, 
when we do assess the claims of these asylum, asylum seekers, something like 98, 99% of them are genuine asylum seekers. Right. Um, there are some, they, they, you know, the here they get called, by the Murdoch media, they get called queue jumpers. They're queue jumpers. They're trying to jump the queue. Oh. Yeah, well, it's because people are trying to kill them with a machete. They don't have time to stand in a queue when someone's trying to kill you. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to talk about Australia. It's just annoying no. and boring. Uh, let's talk about uh, Mr. Trump's uh, uh, problems. Yeah. yeah. President so, Trump. Yeah, yeah. Where would you begin? I mean, it's the week for, for, of hell for Trump. Everybody who's anybody is turning against Trump. I'm probably going to turn against him next week myself. But Robert Mueller is coming ever so much closer to, to when you can see someone's financial records, when someone's chief financial officer is given immunity. I mean, you're going to get you're going to get to see so much of what Trump has done. Money coming in, money going out over the years. I mean, Mueller is going to be able to see what none of us have. Donald Trump's tax returns. Yeah, and I think it's more important than that, obviously. Oh, yeah. But and, and look, as everyone who listens to this show knows, Ray, I am I have not been a big supporter of the whole oh Russia collusion right. story. Right. Um, whilst I've always said, look, it's possible that Trump and the Trump campaign colluded with Russia to throw the election. I don't see any evidence yet for that having happened Mm -hmm. sure they had lots of meetings with the russians but there's nothing illegal about having meetings or discussions with russia um what is illegal is conspiring with the russians to get information to uh uh um, Dirt on Hillary. Help, yeah, help you win an election. Whether or not that's even a successful initiative, the 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 my understanding is conspiring right. with attempt. a foreign power to get information right. to influence an election is illegal. And th- th- there seems to be evidence that at least Donald Jr. had this meeting at Trump Tower. Did Donald Trump Senior know about it? He says he didn't. Probably did, but. We don't have a huge amount of evidence for it. And I think it's mostly a furphy, this whole Russia collusion thing. I think it's mostly just, uh, uh, it's, it's, well, it, at the very least, it's received way more attention than it deserves in, in the public consciousness over the last couple of years. We've been hearing about it for two years now without any real hard evidence. So it, like, if you weigh up the balance of the media hype versus the evidence to support the media hype, it's out of whack. I think mostly it's the Democrats trying to deflect attention from how badly they fucked the whole thing up and let a dickhead douchebag like Donald Trump become president. You gotta when you lose to Donald Trump, you know you you fucked up big time. You fucked up. A blind dog with a wet note in its mouth should have been able to beat Donald Trump in an election. So I think that's a big part of it. But but what happened last week? I think is a big deal. Now, I'm no fan of Trump. I think that's quite evident. I think he's a douchebag, dickhead, Mm -hmm. narcissistic psychopath. And I think he's corrupt as fuck. Um, Go ahead. From what you tell me, uh, I know it was only one night, but you said it changed your outlook on anal completely. And and I I thank him for that. I got $300,000, but go ahead. (laughs) So for people that haven't been paying attention... And quite frankly, I don't blame you. But um, last week it came out that a guy called Alan Weisselberg has been subpoenaed by a grand jury to testify into a probe into campaign finance violations, um, which comes from the Michael Cohen uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, charges and and he's pled guilty now to it. So what's what happened is um, Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen, a former lawyer, um, paid off a porn star mm-hmm. uh, uh, Stormy Daniels is her name. You've probably heard all about this. I did. Research. Basically, Trump. Trump. <laughs> yeah, research. <laughs> Give me a box of tissues. I'm doing some research on Stormy Daniels. Hey, could you close the door, please, and lock it? Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't actually looked at her porn films yet. I've been meaning to. I just I'll, haven't I'll, got around to I'll it. I'll send you some links. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, 
basically, Trump uh, uh, allegedly, allegedly. Um, met Stormy Daniels, porn star, uh, just after uh, Melania gave birth to whatever his fucking son's name Bar- is, Baron. Baron. Baron Trump. Duke. Um, Baron he, and, something. And he banged her maybe once, maybe more. Uh, she said they mostly just sat around watching Shark Week or something. But yeah, he he, he put his dick in her. Yeah. Then uh, <coughs> during the election, allegedly, well, not allegedly, Cohen's confessed to it now. Um, Trump's lawyer paid her a large sum of money to buy her silence during the election. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there was another uh, woman as well that also got a payment around for the same Karen sort of McKinney. thing for... Yeah. For fucking Trump. Is she a porn star too? No, she's a playmate. Okay. Well, that's kind of a porn star in a different way, I guess. It's kind of passive porn. aggressive. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Playboy is pornography. Right. Oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Research, I think, is what you're trying to say. Go ahead. So, uh,. His lawyer paid them lots of money to shut them up. Now, it turns out that doing that uh, in an election is a campaign finance violation. You're, you're, you're paying large sums of money to people to uh, influence what they say or don't say during an election. Uh, now, as a result of this investigation into Cohen, who, of course, recorded conversations he had about this with Trump because... Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's the kind of what's that line? The line from season two of Breaking Bad. I just rewatched it the other day when they went when Walt and Jesse first go to see uh, um, Sol Goodman because right. Badger Badger got pinched selling meth. Uh, he's in the DEA and he calls Sol Goodman in. It's the first time we meet Sol, and and uh, Sol needs five grand in order to represent him. Uh, so Walt and Jesse turn up at Saul's office with some cash and they're sitting at the front and Walt's like, can't we get a real lawyer? Jesse has that great line. Listen, you know, for these sorts of things, you don't want a criminal lawyer. You want a criminal lawyer. (laughs) Do you understand? (laughs) And that's, I think, where Michael Cohen fits in. Um, As people who listen to this show will hopefully recall... Going back a month or two ago, well, before Europe, actually, so a couple of months ago, we did a story about the head of the Russian mob, Simeon Megalovich. Yeah. Can't remember his name, Megalovich, I think. And we we pointed out in that story that Michael Cohen's, I think it was his uncle, Mm -hmm. owned a club in Brooklyn that was basically where all the Russian mobsters hung out in Brooklyn. somewhere, yeah. So, does that mean Cohen's connected with the Russian mob? Mm, yes, pretty much it does. But <laughs> anyway, so they got Michael Cohen. He's pled guilty to this. Um, and he is saying that uh, Trump knew all about it, knew about it. Yes, Trump's, of course, has denied it up until recently. Oh, I didn't know anything about it. What? Oh, nothing. Actually, nothing. He was saying he did it at Trump's um, instructions. So, yeah, Trump is telling him to do these things just want to and and, well he's saying that now and and he has recordings he recorded those conversations which the prosecutors have and of course in those recordings he also says uh he's doing it with uh you know he's going to use alan weisselberg Mm -hmm. the chief financial officer and vice president of trump hotels and casino resorts also (laughs) the treasurer of the donald Drake. Trump Foundation right. also handles the household expenses of the Trump family. Yeah. He, he he drops his name on the recordings. And I love the way he does it. The first time he goes, well, you know, I'll get Alan to set up a company to, to hide these payments. He goes, so I'll tell Alan Weisselberg. <laughs> he lent into the, I think testing, the microphone was in, one, yeah, the two, microphone <laughs> was hidden in a bouquet of flowers on his desk. He lent into it when he said that Alan, White, like, yeah. This guy with friends like Michael Cohen. <laughs> oh, I, I just have to say this real quick. I don't want to interrupt this flow of your story, but when Weisselberg was put on the Donald J. Donald J. Trump Foundation, it only has two sole trustees. It's Weisselberg and Donald Trump Jr. When Weisselberg was put on, they had to bump Eric Trump off of it. So now he went from uh, trustee to just advisor. So he demoted his own son to put this guy on the foundation. Yeah, thanks, what, Dad. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Dad issues. 
I just keep thinking of the Eric Trump uh, impersonation they do on Saturday, Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, I love that yeah. one. Yeah. It's bedtime <laughs> but, now. Go ahead. Yeah. So Weisselberg, um, he's been involved with the Trumps since day dot. Uh, when he got out of college in the 1970s, right. he worked as an accountant for Fred Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's been with the Trumps ever since, right? Yeah. So the fact that the prosecutors now have him, apparently he has, they not only have him in their sights because Cohen has roped him into this, um, but he has taken an immunity deal uh, to, to testify on what's happened here. Now, this mm-hmm. is, of course, now he, this is specific to the Stormy Daniels thing. So what's this got to do with collusion in Russia? Nothing. What's it got to do with Robert Mueller? Nothing, really. Uh, this is ha- this is happening in New York. So the way I understand it is Mueller is investigating Russia and collusion. But whenever he comes up against something that looks dirty um, but isn't directly related to Russia and collusion, right. he flicks it to the attorney general that has jurisdiction yeah. for Makes that cr- potential crime in this case, which happens to be attorney general in New York. So th- this is a New York thing, not a Robert Mueller thing. Right. Um, the, the, the reason that's interesting is because Trump as president, again, as I understand it, has the ability to pardon anyone convicted of a federal crime, but not state crime. Exactly. Exactly. So if, if Cohen and Weisselberg go down in New York, Trump can't do anything about it. Um, so they the, the way that guys like uh, Mueller and these other prosecutors do this kind of thing, this is how they do it with mob bosses, etc. You know, you get your you get your you get your badger, yeah, your street dealer, your corner boy. <laughs> Right. And you nab him on a you nab him on a buy bust, right? Right. And then you squeeze him. Then you go, listen, you're facing uh, twenty years to life. Um, just give us a name. Give us a name, and yeah. cut you a deal, and you'll be out in six months. And uh, then you get a name, and then you go, okay, so you got that name, and then you grab that guy, and you go, okay, well, you know, this guy's dobbed you in. Um, they they use the fact that they have probable cause now to get a warrant and go through his telephone records and his computer records and stuff. They find more dirt and then they squeeze him. All right, well, you're facing 20 to life. <laughs> Give us a name. That's and then they get want. that guy yeah. and then they get a warrant and then they get his records and they find more evidence. They go, okay, Light you're facing 20. Give us a name. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is what they're doing with Trump. Um, again, my suspicion raised has got nothing to do with Russia. That Russia, the whole Russia thing has been a furphy from the very get-go. Everybody knew, any, anyone who was anyone knew, it had nothing to do with Russia, really. It was just fucking Trump. We've got, we got to take him down. I mean, people have hated Trump. The elite have hated Trump forever because he's a douchebag. Right. Um, and now that he'd sort of completely taken over the American political system, they just wanted to get him. And everyone knows he's probably dirty because um, yeah. you don't, you, you don't be around New York real estate for as long as he's been around New York real estate and not be dirty. Whether or not it's mob dirty or just hiding shit dirty, you know, they're going to they're gonna go after him on RICO or, or tax uh, fraud, whatever it is. Um, now, of course, there is... Uh, so, you know, the Weisselberg thing, of course, is when you've got... When they've got your bookkeeper... The guy who knows where all the bodies are buried. Uh, he's been the bookkeeper slash accountant for the Trumps for 50 years. And he's taken an immunity deal, which yeah. means they've got him on some pretty stiff oh, yeah. charges. Um, and they're like, uh, well, you're 71 years old, Alan. Uh, you're going to spend the rest of your life yeah. in prison. We can do or you can just... Tell us what we want to know, and we'll give you immunity. He's gone. Yeah, fuck it. I'll tell you everything you need. And they don't. My understanding is from Hollywood movies and The Wire. They don't do that uh, 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 willy nilly. They don't go. Just uh, listen. We'll give you immunity. Tell right. us anything you like. They go. No, no. We want to know these yeah. specific things. You, talk you first. give us these yeah. specific things. Yeah. Then you'll get immunity. Yeah. Um, but if you fuck us, you know, you don't get your immunity. You go to jail. So. He obviously they've scared him enough that he's agreed to give them what they want in ter- in, in um, exchange for immunity. Now, 
because the big issue here is can a a sitting president be charged with a crime? Mm-hmm. The precedent from the Nixon uh, Watergate uh, hearings and Bill Clinton and and you know getting Monica Lewinsky to suck his dick and then lying about it. Uh, the precedent in the past is the DOJ has always taken it. It's the Office of Legal Counsel, I think, the OLC for the um, DOJ, mm-hmm. has always taken a position that, no, it would be unconstitutional to charge a sitting president because the president's got a lot of work to do and charging him uh, or her, in theory, with a crime um, would fuck with their ability to to fulfill their function as the president so you can't do it till they leave office then you can do it but you can't you can't do it while they're in office but that's just uh it's never really been tested that's been tradition for the last 40 odd years but it actually hasn't been tested in the supreme court but the other part of that is you might not be able to try someone for a crime but the House of Representatives can start an impeachment process if he's been unprofessional or obviously a lot more than that. But the point is there's, there's charging someone from, for a crime and there's impeaching someone. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but since you brought up Nixon, I have to give you a quote. Well, no, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Go yeah, ahead. but you can't impeach someone, mm-hmm. my understanding is. You can't impeach someone for, for things that they did before they were president. You impeach You impeach a president for failing to do a good job as president, you know, you know, by being corrupt or fraud or, mm. or lying while president. You can't you can't impeach him for I things see. that he did 10 years before he became president. I wonder if you can impeach someone for something they did during a campaign that they won. I honestly don't yeah. know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know. But of course, when all this comes out, you know, if a whole bunch of stuff comes out of this where Trump is corrupt as fuck. It's going to make, I mean, even though I think the people that aren't his supporters already kind of uh, assume that. And I think his supporters probably assume that too and don't care. It's been baked in. Yeah. 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 They're kind of, I, you know, I think his supporters will probably cheer. Like they, they are proud of the fact that he's, uh, sticking it corrupt. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, from their perspective, that's like, that's how you get ahead in America and good, good for him. You know, he's a sneaky fuck and, uh, they, they, yeah, they don't mind. Anyway, what was your Nixon Uh, quote? I, I just, I just have a quote. It says, Donald Trump should be thinking about resigning from office to keep his children and family from being prosecuted by special counsel, Robert Mueller. And that's from Martin London, the former lawyer of ex-President Nixon's vice president, Spiro Agnew. So everybody from the Nixon era is jumping in and giving quotes. I don't know if you heard this today, because I think it just came out today, maybe late yesterday, and then we can move on. It's just too tempting. Uh, Did you hear about Trump's former doorman who had information? Okay, so the point is, I'm still digging into that, but someone has released him from his obligation not to talk about what he knows. I don't know if someone's bought out a contract or no, it was, was it was, was it, it was the time? national Enquirer. It was the parent company of national Enquirer, Right. Um, who are the same people that, uh, bought Another exclusive immunity. contracts with the yeah. strip, with the porn stars. Yeah. Um, because they're now, uh, and, and Pekka, the yeah, Pekka. leader, He's the guy who runs the company, because they're in uh, the sites now, um, they're like, oh, okay, anyone we've signed these, you know, Trump yeah. silence deals with, um, basically, yeah, yeah <laughs> say whatever you want to say, we're out. Because <laughs> Pekka got immunity too, so it should, it should be, it's going to be a hell of a ride. And, and I think we're wise not to focus on it week in and week out, just let it run its course, and then we can go back and assess. And I think that's probably what we'll keep doing, unless something juicy like this comes up. Yeah, my point, just with the Weisselberg stuff, is from my considered opinion, Mm -hmm. this is it. I mean, it's a matter of time now. Trump is done. When they got your money guy... I agree. It's like when they got Al Capone's bookkeeper, basically. That's what, you know, anyone who's seen um, The Untouchables... Kevin Costner, yeah. Yeah, that's that's when they brought down Al Capone. And, of course, you know, Robert Mueller knows, even though he's not the actual guy doing this, it's New York, but he's instigated it. He's, he's, c- yeah. 
Yeah, he cooked up the plan. This is the guy that brought down John Gotti in the same way, who was the Teflon Don. It's the guy who brought down... He's the guy who brought down Enron, who called themselves the smartest guys in the room. And say what you want about Trump, he's got all the big words, but they are not the smartest guys in the room, the Trump organization. You can be certain about that. I don't know. This Weisselberg... I'd never heard of Weisselberg no. until last week. And he preferred it that but, way. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll spend the rest of his life uh, wishing that people yeah. had never heard of him. Um, so, yeah, once you get the bookkeeper of a corrupt yeah. guy... And, I mean, what are the odds that the Trump books are not corrupt? I mean, no. one in a thousand? I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, yeah. it... it, it I think it's pretty fucking obvious that there's going to be dodgy shit going on there. So Trump is done. Whether or not this shortens his presidency or not is another matter. Mm-hmm. It, <clears throat> but he is uh, he is going to jail um, where either, you know, as president or more likely once, once his term of office is over. Now, here's the thing, though. Yeah. If he knows he's going to jail when his term of office is over, uh, does he just uh, go, you know, full fascist and uh, declare a state of national Grow emergency and yeah. hold yeah. <laughs> hold on to power? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Hopefully Melania just wises up and stabs him one night. Um, she doesn't know exactly where she sleep. he sleeps because she sleeps far away, but she'll figure it out and just... Uh, I, I, no, I don't know. It, it, yeah, I agree with you. He's over. It's just a matter of counting. I don't know if we need a clock or anything like that, but it's just a matter of when, and then we can start talking about President Pence. I wonder if um, I wonder if Melania and Hillary get together and have you know have that. a little club. Um, wives of presidents who publicly uh, you know were known to have fucked other right. women club. Right. It's like the first wives club, but right. uh, I would like to make. Of I'd like disgrace. to write a movie about that. Yeah, the, the first, the, the first club of, disgra- of disgrace. The, the, the first ladies club is what it would be. The first right. ladies club, uh, whose president husbands have uh, fucked. Yeah. Slutty bimbos. Uh, I don't want to say Monica Lewinsky is a slutty bimbo. I'm a big fan of Monica Lewinsky. Um, and by the way, if people aren't listening to it, there's a great podcast that I think Slate has just come out with called Slow Burn. Mm. Uh, it's the second season of Slow Burn. I think the first season was about Watergate, which I haven't heard yet. But the second season, just a couple of episodes in, is about the uh, Bill Clinton-Monica Lewinsky affair, and they're oh, doing wow. it like we would do it. Um, less dick jokes, but right. um, they're doing it They're doing it slow. They're going detail after detail, step after step. Here's how it played out. Wow. And it's it's fascinating. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Trump. Uh, also in American news, John McCain finally died. Um, <clears throat> now, look, I've 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 been figuring out how to touch this. Like uh, most of the media coverage I've seen, he's being um, lauded right. as a hero. Um, the last great American statesman kind of thing. Yeah, I guess. Look, um, Donald Trump famously said he didn't think McCain was a hero. I prefer my I prefer my heroes don't get captured. Some stupid thing like that. Yeah, I don't think John McCain is a hero as well. And I, but I, but it's not because he got captured. It's because he when he did get captured, he was shot down mm-hmm. while bombing heavily populated urban areas of Hanoi. Right. Um, that doesn't make you a hero. Getting captured and tortured when you are bombing a civilian population—you're mm-hmm. you, you, you not a hero in my book. You're, you're part of a war machine that got what was coming to him. So I, I don't see him as a hero. I don't think he's a hero at all. Um, and you know, he went on and you know, in later life, called the Vietnamese gooks said he would still hate them for the rest of his life mm. uh, for what they did to him and his friends. And I was like, well, maybe you shouldn't have invaded their fucking country. Right. And bomb civilians. Yeah. This is from 2000. Um, I've got this from San Francisco's uh, SF Gate paper. 
Arizona Senator John McCain refused to apologise yesterday for his use of a racial slur to condemn the North Vietnamese prison guards who tortured and held him captive during the war. I hate the gooks, McCain said yesterday. <laughs> 2000. I hate the gooks, McCain said in response to a question from reporters about his campaign bus, aboard his campaign bus. I will hate them as long as I live. Wait, so um, he's earned the right to feel that way. I don't know if you say it, but especially when you're running an election, but yeah, he, he's not going to, he's not going to lose too many votes, votes in America for saying that. I think. Yeah. Right. Um, that said, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, gave him props on Twitter. Um, so that's interesting, but you know, so that's, he was, he was, you know, part and parcel of Vietnam. That doesn't make him a hero. Uh, to me anyway, uh, Muhammad Ali was a hero for refusing to, to fight, mm-hmm. um, going and willingly bombing civilian populations who had never attacked the U.S. or attacked U.S. interests or anything of the like. Um, there's no justification for participation in the Vietnam War. And I don't care. Well, well, it was the time and people believed it and people thought it was right and it was mm-hmm. in the middle of the Cold War and communism. And no, fuck off. I mean, that's, that's you know, you don't get a, a free pass for any of that kind of shit. Just as... He doesn't get a free pass for supporting the invasion of Iraq in 2003 mm-hmm. uh, and all of the other American uh, military campaigns that he supported over the years. I don't think he was the worst of the worst by any means. Right. Uh, but he, he wasn't a good guy politically. Yeah. He wasn't a hero. Well, I mean, yes, he's known in this country for bucking the Republican uh, Party. And so being called a maverick, that's his thing. He's a maverick. But at the end of the day, when you support, when you support the majority of Republican uh, policies and agendas, I mean, you're going to be... Uh, tainted with with, uh, with whatever people think about them. I'm like you, like you, uh, like you sent over. I think you you mentioned something like the 1.5 trillion tax cut that Trump put through. You know, Cain vote McCain voted for that. The uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch for the Supreme Court, Cain voted for that. So you can sit there and say this was a man of integrity who occasionally bucked his party, but when he does things that goes along with the Republicans and it's something really bad, like the tax cut that's going to blow up our deficit and the rich people are going to get richer and the poor are going to have to pay for this shit. I mean, you can't just label him a hero and walk away. He, like everyone else, is complex. They did good things and they did bad things, and he should be viewed in his totality, not just because he was tortured and now he's currently dead, so you give him a miss for all the things you don't like about him. Give him a pass. Yeah, and that's that's my point uh, exactly. I totally agree with what you said. Like with with all of these guys, let's let's view them as we try and view everyone on our shows as human beings and and not whitewash their careers and not whitewash them as individuals. Um, you know, I don't want to be overly harsh on them either. So they said like he, he, some of his policies were okay, a lot of them weren't. I mean, he was a People say he was a traditional Republican, the last of the traditional Republicans. Right. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, he, he made some sense on climate change. You know, he was a supporter, I believe, of climate change being real for, you know, at least the last 10 years. Um, but again, as you indicated, he generally supported most of the Trump administration's policies and nominees. Yes, he he refused to get on board with the repeal of Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one thing out of a whole bunch of things in the last right. couple of years. He has supported the Trump administration in doing. And that's my that's the other thing about the Trump administration. I've been talking to Chrissy and the friends online about um Trump's administration versus what we would have got what you would have got if McCain was president or Mitt Romney was president right and even though McCain and Mitt Romney as human beings seem a lot more sane and palatable. balanced when compared to Trump palatable yeah. I don't really think a White House under their administrations would be much different from the Trump administration I mean Trump's policies, Pretty much a straight down the middle yeah, uh, yeah. Republican policies. 
despite I'm going to drain the swamp and blah, 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 blah. Trump's basically just been rolling out everything uh, any mainstream Republican would have been rolling out. Tax cuts for the rich, uh, conservative, attacking the EPA, uh, uh, you know, tough on crime. Uh, and McCain was, you know, always tough on crime, tough on drugs, all of that kind of stuff. Supporting big oil, uh, uh, supporting conservative religious appointees to the Supreme Court, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Typical, typical crazy Republican, um, not even moderate right, extreme right mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Anywho, pro guns, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we got time for maybe one more story. You want to talk about California? Yeah, and also John McCain loses ten thousand points for style for giving a Sarah Palin. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, oh yes, yes, the Sarah Palin thing. I forgot that. Yeah. So this is the guy who made Sarah Palin his fucking running partner in the two thousand and eight hey, election. If if it helps, he regrets it a hell of a lot more than you do. Well, that's not good enough. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's not. You know, it's not. He, he, he validated the Tea Party alt-right movement yeah. by aligning himself with Sarah Palin. Instead of going, fuck no, she's fucking crazy and dumb, he validated uh, that whole movement, which yeah. you can draw a direct line between that and the rise of Trump. So... No, fuck John McCain. That's my <laughs> statement. Like, uh, and, and as these people say, oh, you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck John McCain. Um, like, uh, my condolences to his family. Yeah, but that um, doesn't change anything. His rich, privileged, white family. But <laughs> his wife is like one of the biggest stockholders of Anna's Bush. They did adopt a, a, a girl from... Somewhere in Asia, but still, I mean, you're absolutely right. Just privilege, power, wealth, untouchable. And I'm sure when he had cancer, he had the best medical care in the world. And so, and most of us wouldn't have access to that. So again, they're going to be okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. Fuck John McCain. Yeah. So anyway, so California lawmakers, and this is exciting because this ties into our uh, our uh, series on the uh, war on drugs. California lawmakers have approved a measure requiring prosecutors to expunge convictions or reduce sentences for many marijuana-related convictions dating back, I think, to 1975. The bill is now waiting for for a signature by Governor Jerry Brown. Will he or won't he sign it? Yeah, Jerry Brown's going to sign it. Yeah, I think so. Jerry Jerry Brown, you know, is probably smoking weed right now. He's going <laughs> to... Well, he can because it's legal. He can because it's legal <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, for people who don't listen to our current ongoing War on Drugs series... Uh, on, on Yeah, on the Bullshit Filter. Um, yeah, like we've talked about the fact that... Uh, politicians and legislators in the United States and around the world have known for the last hundred years that marijuana's not bad for you. Right. Um, we, we've dug up the facts. We've, we've dug yeah, up the studies yeah. that are, yeah. Like most recently, I think we talked about during the Nixon mm-hmm. administration, Nixon actually commissioned a, a, a report <laughs> Uh, with a lot of you know very very senior politicians and medical professionals etc that I think it was with nineteen seventy two one two right they did this massive report the Schaefer Commission um, on what to do about the marijuana problem and they came back with their report and they said you know what we looked into it turns out marijuana not a problem not a big deal um, health health effects minimal not a gateway drug doesn't lead to crime. In fact, probably inhibits crime. People get high. They just want to sit around, giggle, watch cartoons, eat munchies. They're not going out and stealing shit. That's what I'm doing. Um, really, they said, why do people? Why are people so upset about marijuana? It's not because of the marijuana itself or what people are like on it. It's because it kind of represents to the older conservative people, long-haired hippies that are listening to the rock and roll, free love, 
a rejection of what we think of as traditional American values. People are upset about that. They connect that in their minds with marijuana. That's why people are so upset about marijuana. What we just need to do is say, hey, fucking chill out. Values change. Times change. It's all going to be okay. Let's focus on the real problems that we have in this country. Marijuana is not one of them. This is in the early 70s. Nixon went, well, fucking put that in the shredder. And said, no, marijuana is the number one problem facing this country today. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So they've known all along that this is bullshit. And... Um, millions mm-hmm. of lives in America have been affected and around the world, uh, more millions have been affected by this deliberate ignorant, uh, deliberate, not ignorance, deliberate, um, willful right. uh, uh, ignorance uh, 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 and rejection of the science, rejection of, of, of the opinion of health professionals, medical professionals about marijuana because uh, people have been charged with crimes, they've gone to jail, that's affected their ability to vote, it's affected their ability to work, which in turn affects their wives and their, their husbands and their children. Yeah, uh, the, the, trickle, the trickle-down effects on people's lives are massive, not to mention what happens to them when they're in prison, sure. how that affects them when they get out of prison. Um, they're fucked. Millions, millions and millions of people, plus the cost of... Of, of chasing these people, prosecuting these people, incarcerating these people, right. the cost to the taxpayers of that, oh, the scary. then the consequences of where that money could have been better spent, where those policing resources could have been better focused over this period of time. Mm-hmm. It's just been a complete clusterfuck around the world. Right. And California is now going, well, maybe we should do a little something right. to address the damage that's been done over the decades uh, because of this. Well, it makes sense to me. Someone sat down with some common th- sense and went, you know, if marijuana is no longer illegal, what about all the people we've arrested that are incarcerated or on probation that have been done so because of marijuana possession? It doesn't make sense to no longer punish people, but keep the people that we've already punished. So Proposition 64 says that um, they need to go back as far back as, I think, 1975 and to review and maybe reduce, maybe limit, maybe expunge completely these people's records and so they can, like you said, they wouldn't be affected. They'd be allowed to vote. They could get jobs because if you have this arrest record and they do a background check, boom, you're not going to be able to get a job. But the point is, when when voters passed uh, Proposition 64 in 2016, to allow adult use of marijuana, they also eliminated several pot-related crimes. Now, the point is, you can go and you can get help and you can try to work on your record, but you have to hire a lawyer, you have to go to court. I mean, that stuff costs a lot of money, costs a lot of time. You can't afford to do that. So the state is like, this is incumbent upon us to fix this and to and to take the cost because we're the ones who ruined everybody's lives. We should undo the damage we have done. Well, you can't undo it. No, no, I mean, as far as their records. You're absolutely right. I'm talking mm. about jail time and, and their records. You certainly cannot undo labeling someone and treating them like a criminal. So, yeah, good on California. I'm sure yeah. Jerry Brand will pass that. It's a, it's a start. It's something. Um, yeah, the damage can't be undone, but you can do a little... Like, it's really just... Uh, yeah. What is it? What would you Dropping call that? It's a token. Ocean? It's yeah. a token. It's a token thing. But the, the thing that we all need to learn from this is you can't trust your government. That's basically yeah. it. They're, li- they're, they're deliberate. And we've seen this in the war on drugs. They deliberately, successive Democrats and Republican governments, administrations in the United States. And again, same is true all around the world. Um because we had the same studies in the UK, the same sort of studies in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, they deliberately lied to their people about this because in their minds uh, marijuana and LSD uh, was associated with uh, a rejection of traditional values and that and needed to be stopped right and minorities yeah that's right so, it was a way of going after them too so this is probably not the proper time or forum are governments a necessary evil to organize the resources of a country or is there another way to function 
in an organized fashion without a government. We obviously this is probably not the time, mm. but um, I totally agree yeah. that governments are evil. Uh, no. Are they a necessary evil? Yeah, well, narco syndicalism is the uh, alternative, but it's yeah not the right time to get into that. Maybe one okay. day we'll do a show on yeah. narco syndicalism. Okay. All right. That's the Bullshit Filter, the news for this week. Don't forget to check out our Bullshit Filter normal series, The War on Drugs. Before that, we did The War on Guns. Before that, we did The Syrian Civil War. Have we done anything else? I think that's it so far in that series. Uh, Our new Caesar series just kicked off on Tiberius Caesar last week. Tibo. We're our Cold War. What are we up to in the Cold War? We're doing new Cold War stuff this week. Uh, We're getting into the containment, the Cayman just the containment policy uh we're picking up sort of 1946 1947 mm-hmm. um with uh, we're starting to get into marshall plan type stuff yeah and the renaissance the renaissance oh, yeah. we just did three episodes on petrarch the father of the renaissance Man. um and next time i don't know where we're going after next time we'll probably get into poggio i guess yeah. next time maybe a maybe bit a bit of poggio yeah a little bit of poggio yeah Poggio Bracciolini. Anyway, and then we'll get into the Medici soon too. Anyway, it's all good. All right, that's us out. We'll be back next week with more news. Thank you, buddy. All right, thank you.